Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode is another excerpt from Longfellow's long narrative poem, Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie. In this excerpt, Evangeline has left Louisiana, where she just missed her lost lover Gabriel, and headed north, accompanied by Gabriel's father Basil and some of his men in hopes of catching up with him. They have traveled as far as the Ozarks of Missouri, when one evening there comes into their camp a Shawnee woman. Her husband, a French-Canadian coureur de bois, or fur trapper, has been killed by the Comanches, and she is now traveling alone back to her people. After the men have retired for the night, Evangeline settles into her tent, a pup tent, really, with just room for her to crawl in to be out of the elements and give her some modesty among her male companions, and her visitor sits just outside so they can talk, which they do. This is a beautiful passage, I don't know another like it, comprehending simultaneously the Native American culture of the Shawnee and the universal sisterhood of women. Let's listen. A Shawnee Woman from Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Once, as they sat by their evening fire, there silently entered into their little camp an Indian woman, whose features wore deep traces of sorrow and patience as great as her sorrow. She was a Shawnee woman returning home to her people from the far-off hunting grounds of the cruel Comanches where her Canadian husband, a coureur de bois, had been murdered. Touched were their hearts at her story, and warmest and friendliest welcome gave they with words of cheer, and she sat and feasted among them on the buffalo meat and the venison cooked on the embers. But when their meal was done, and Basil and all his companions, worn with the long day's march and the chase of the deer and the bison, stretched themselves on the ground and slept where the quivering firelight flashed on their swarthy cheeks and their forms wrapped up in their blankets, then, at the door of Evangeline's tent, she sat and repeated slowly, with soft, low voice and the charm of her Indian accent, all the tale of her love with its pleasures and pains and reverses. Much Evangeline wept at the tale, and to know that another hapless heart like her own had loved and had been disappointed. Moved to the depths of her soul by pity and woman's compassion, yet in her sorrow pleased that one who had suffered was near her, she in turn related her love and all its disasters. Mute with wonder the Shawnee sat, and when she had ended still was mute. But at length, as if a mysterious horror passed through her brain, she spoke and repeated the tale of the Mawas. Mawas, the bridegroom of snow, who won and wedded a maiden. But when the morning came, arose and passed from the wigwam, fading and melting away and dissolving into the sunshine, till she beheld him no more, though she followed far into the forest, then, in those sweet low tones that seemed like a weird incantation, told she the tale of the fair Lilinau, who was wooed by a phantom that, through the pines o'er her father's lodge, 
in the hush of the twilight, breathed like the evening wind and whispered love to the maiden, till she followed his green and waving plume through the forest and never more returned nor was seen again by her people. Silent with wonder and strange surprise, Evangeline listened to the soft flow of her magical words till the region around her seemed like enchanted ground and her swarthy guest the enchantress. Slowly over the tops of the Ozark Mountains the moon rose, lighting the little tent and with a mysterious splendor touching the somber leaves and embracing the filling woodland. With a delicious sound the brook rushed by and the branches swayed and sighed overhead in scarcely audible whispers. Filled with the thoughts of love was Evangeline's heart, but a secret, subtile sense crept in of pain and indefinite terror as the cold, poisonous snake creeps into the nest of the swallow. It was no earthly fear. A breath from the region of spirit seemed to float in the air of night and she felt for a moment that, like the Indian maid, she too was pursuing a phantom. With this thought she slept, and the fear and the phantom had vanished. Four stories of the woes of young womanhood are told here between the two women. First, the story of the Shawnee, in which a tale of love ends with the death of her husband. Second, the story of Evangeline, in which a tale of love comes to disappointment through unlooked-for separation. With the third story, that of Malice, the Bridegroom of Snow, things take a different turn as the young bride is deserted by her faithless wooer. The fourth, the story of Lilinau, is similarly cautionary about the wrong choice an inexperienced woman can make as she follows her love into the forest and becomes estranged from her family. The different psychologies of the stories of Maoist and of Lilinau, both ending in unhappiness, are interesting and prompted much discussion among my students. Prompting more discussion, though, are the psychologies of the two actual women present. Should we hold Evangeline's pleasure in hearing her visitor's tragic story against her? If not, and my female students thought not, then why not? More interestingly, why does her visitor choose to tell Evangeline the stories of Maoas and Lilinau after hearing her story? Is she just reminded of them? All three are stories of separation, after all. But is there another impulse as well, an impulse to tell her friend something she needs to hear? And if so, what? The two stories, like a snake that creeps into a bird's nest, bring to Evangeline a subtle dread that is only relieved by sleep. Yet once the two go their separate ways, Longfellow never mentions their conversation again. It may be enough that Longfellow has given us this moving picture of cross-cultural sisterhood, but this sisterhood may go deeper than we think. Let's listen again. A Shawnee Woman, from Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Once, as they sat by their evening fire, 
there silently entered into their camp an Indian woman, whose features wore deep traces of sorrow and patience as great as her sorrow. She was a Shawnee woman, returning home to her people from the far-off hunting ground of the cruel Comanches, where her Canadian husband, Accur de Bois, had been murdered. Touched were their hearts at her story, and warmest and friendliest welcome gave they, with words of cheer, and she sat and feasted among them on the buffalo meat and the venison cooked on the embers. But when their meal was done, and Basil and all his companions, worn with the long day's march and the chase of the deer and the bison, stretched themselves on the ground and slept where the quivering firelight flashed on their swarthy cheeks and their forms wrapped up in their blankets. Then at the door of Evangeline's tent she sat and repeated slowly with soft low voice and the charm of her Indian accent all the tale of her love with its pleasures and pains and reverses. Much Evangeline wept at the tale and to know that another hapless heart like her own had loved and had been disappointed. Moved to the depths of her soul by pity and woman's compassion, yet in her sorrow pleased that one who had suffered was near her, she in turn related her love and all its disasters. Mute with wonder the Shawnee sat, and when she had ended still was mute. But at length, as if a mysterious horror passed through her brain, she spake and repeated the tale of the Mawas, Mawas, the bridegroom of snow, who won and wedded a maiden, but when the morning came, arose and passed from the wigwam, fading and melting away and dissolving into the sunshine, till she beheld him no more, though she followed far into the forest. Then, in those sweet low tones that seemed like a weird incantation, told she the tale of the fair Lilinau, who was wooed by a phantom, that, through the pines o'er her father's lodge and the hush of the twilight, breathed like the evening wind and whispered love to the maiden, till she followed his green and waving plume through the forest and never more returned, nor was seen again by her people. Silent with wonder and strange surprise, Evangeline listened to the soft flow of her magical words, till the region around her seemed like enchanted ground, and her swarthy guest the enchantress. Slowly over the tops of the Ozark Mountains the moon rose, lighting the little tent, and with a mysterious splendor touching the somber leaves and embracing and filling the woodland. With a delicious sound the brook rushed by, and the branches swayed and sighed overhead in scarcely audible whispers. Filled with the thoughts of love was Evangeline's heart, but a secret, subtile sense crept in of pain and indefinite terror, as the cold, poisonous snake creeps into the nest of the swallow. It was no earthly fear. A breath from the region of spirits seemed to float in the air of night, and she felt for a moment that, like the Indian maid, she too was pursuing a phantom. With this thought she slept, and the fear and the phantom had vanished.
Toward the end of this section, Longfellow describes the Shawnee woman as Evangeline's swarthy guest. We might find it painful that this description of racial difference intrudes on an otherwise beautiful scene. But Longfellow has used the word swarthy already in this scene, not to describe the Shawnee, but to describe Basil and his men, all of whom are of the same race as Evangeline. Evangeline and the Shawnee woman have different cultural backgrounds, to be sure, but Longfellow gives no indication they are of different races, but that they are of the same race, the human race. I hope you enjoyed today's reading from Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.